Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Travel Tips. Today we are bringing you our second installment of the Untranslatable Travel Tips. And we are going to be focusing on one of my and Jared's favorite cities in the world, Vienna, Austria. And we'll be bringing you quite a few gems related to what to do, what to see, and also what to watch out for in Vienna, Austria. And I just have to say it is such a great place to visit. If you have the time, you need to check it out. There is so much history, culture, good food, music, everything you could want in a city. Vienna definitely has to offer. So without further ado, my good buddy, my Havara, as they say in good old Wienerisch or Austrian German or Viennese German, my Havara, Jared. What's going on, Jared? What's up, Oida? Uh, please, everyone, follow us on Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. Uh, Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Or go to our website, untranslatablepodcast.com. Give us uh, some city ideas. You know, we've started off, this. we're new to this uh, travel tip series, so we start off cities that are near and dear to our hearts for different reasons. But soon, we're going to start venturing off into cities that aren't as near and dear to our hearts. So please, give us recommendations if you've got any places you want us to talk about, any places you're considering going to. Uh, and if you have any tips for us, please pass them along. Also, spread a little love with those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, please. I would like to start by saying um, I owe you an apology. On one of our uh, previous podcasts, I mentioned to you that... Um, Croissants were, uh, <laughs> you already know what I'm about to say, <laughs> that croissants were French. Turns out, croissants, croissants, the famous French pastry actually has Viennese origins. They're based Woo! on the, uh, <laughs> on the uh, Austrian uh, Kip, Kipfel. 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 Yeah, yeah, the yeah. girl Kipfel. Which, which makes sense croissants. why croissants at Café Central, which we will be touching on later, mm -hmm. are bomb. They're absolutely yes. fantastic. Uh, they they were originally made during uh, excuse me. They were originally made in 1683, and uh, the French didn't adopt them until the 1770s by uh, uh, King Louis the Eighth. No, okay, sixth, the sixth. Okay, yeah, of France. Interesting. So Starting go. us off with a good little gem. I love it, Jared. I love it. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had to give you that because I was wrong. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I'm and, uh, Yeah. And, and the, the croissant, if you go to Vienna, there are many different coffee uh, cafes or coffee houses that have what they call like the classic Viennese breakfast. Mm -hmm. And usually a croissant or a kipfel is usually included. So good start, Jared. But mm -hmm. before we get into that, let's talk about just a brief... Uh, you know, a few anecdotes or experiences about our our time in Vienna and our experience in the city. Frankly, we could spend the entire 30 minutes talking about this, but uh, I think it's important for our listeners to understand our experience there so they know that we're not just, we didn't just Google these things. We've gone right. out. These are tried and true things we've experienced. Uh, uh, you know, very. I think sometimes when you travel, hands-on experience is key, regardless if you have Google or not. So Jared, let's start with your experience in the city of Vienna. Yeah, so I mean, if if our listeners listen to the previous episode, I believe they'll know that uh, we studied abroad in Vienna for a semester, and not yeah, you're right. We're not we didn't just Google this stuff. We actually know this to the point that 
we're legitimately educated on these things. We took a class while we studied abroad uh, called Cultural History of Vienna, and it mm-hmm. required us to, I mean required, it was a, it was a treat, but we got to go to uh, most of the major landmarks in Vienna over the course of a semester. And uh, also, we just lived there for uh, me for four months, you for what eight? I guess it would be. Yeah. And um, it just we just got did our own hands-on uh, research. You know, we know all about the nightlife. We know all about uh, where to go for for cheap because we were in oh, college. Oh, for sure. And we had no yep. money. <laughs> we got some good budget tips coming your way this episode for sure. And we know a lot about food as well because obviously we lived there, so we had to eat. And uh, it's personally one of my favorite cities. I think that Vienna would surprise most people that are uneducated on it. It has, um, I'd say, just about everything you would want from a, a specifically like a classical European trip. It's got the museums. It's got Mm -hmm. the history. It's probably one of the older cities in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the uh, nightlife. It's got a great nightlife. It's got uh, beer, wine. Um, another fun fact: schnitzel. Schnitzel. Vienna is one, is the only capital city in the world that has major uh, wine production happening within its city limits as well. Um, I'm just ch- these are just com- well, not the the. And uh, the, the, that's the thing about Vienna is we could do an hour long episode about this no problem because right. there is so much to offer in Vienna. But we'll try to keep it short and sweet for all of you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. But but Vienna is a place where you have... I would say a, fr- a friend of mine messaged me actually the other day and she said, yeah, I'm planning on going to Vienna for the day. And I was like, what are you doing? You need to go for <laughs> at least three or four days. If To be honest, I think you should go for a week. If you can plan it in your schedule, Vienna is one of those places where... You could go for a week and you're still seeing new things, right? Yeah. I think Berlin is similar. Whereas Prague, although I love Prague and check out our previous travel tips episode for tips on Prague, I think you could see the majority of a lot of the great sites in Prague in three to four days maximum. Vienna, yeah. you can do it in three to four, but it's going to be a crammed three to four days. You're, you're going to be, be tired something. every evening. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing about Vienna is you could see, you know, two to three museums a day. Like Easily. if you're in a museums for a week and still probably not see all of them, like right. there is oh, for sure. endless supply of things to do there. That's one of the ones that I mean, uh, we should. Oh, let's yeah, let's talk about attractions first. Um, well, well, first off, let's talk about museums since you yes. already mentioned them. I will mm-hmm. list a couple of my favorite, and I'm curious to see if some of these also make your list, Jared. My number one, and this should be a no-brainer for any of our listeners out there. My number one is the. Um, collection of old music instruments in the Hofburg Palace, oh, which yeah. is amazing. They mm-hmm. have uh, Leopold Mozart, who is Mozart's father. They have his violin. They have a ton of absolutely fantastic instruments. They have pianos and uh, other keyboard instruments from, I think, Gustav Mahler, who was a famous composer in Vienna. The list goes on and on. There's stuff from Schubert. Um, it's really amazing. So that's my number one. My number two is probably the Schatzkammer or the like the mm-hmm. treasury of Vienna. They have cloaks of some of the emperors and very, very important aristocracy in Vienna. Also, uh, some beautiful crowns and jewels. And so the Schatzkammer is also worth a visit. And of course, if you love art, I would say the top two would be the Belvedere and the Art History Museum or Kunsthistorisches Museum as well. Yes. And lastly on my list, I mean, I 
frankly, we could do an entire episode about museums in Vienna because they're so great. But my last one, which is right across uh, uh, Maria Theresia Square, would be the uh, Natural History Museum, which is also absolutely breathtaking. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, they, those face each other. Mm -hmm. Um I think, though, if we're also talking about museums, one that you cannot avoid, whether it's your favorite or not, is Schönbrunn. I yep. think that's probably one of the most popular, potentially. Is that, is that a museum? I thought that's it's just a, a well, castle. It's a castle, but it's set up like a museum. You wouldn't call uh, that a museum? Not, I would call that a castle. I'd call that well, an attraction. Well, it is a castle, but there's like, there's like stuff to see inside of it, and you can walk around it like it's a museum. Can't you? Can I, hate, you I hate to admit, I've never been inside Schönbrunn. Wow, Chad. Maybe I just lost all credibility for no, this episode. It's, it's but, less that yeah, you've I'm, lost credi credibility. It's more that you're telling me that you there's in, in this and you've never even been inside of it. Nope. Always <laughs> was outside of it. Because the gardens are gigantic. And That's so true. I'd always walk around the gardens and walk up to the top where they have this beautiful view of the entire city. It is definitely a castle and it's and but there within it there is like um each each room kind of has not each room because there's a bunch of rooms, but there are a bunch of exhibits and, and sort of um, like like the the rooms are set up like set up like they would be back then. Obviously, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's not right. a, your traditional museum with with like art or exhibits, but there is a lot to see and it's just beautiful to walk through. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm shocked you haven't. But who did I go with? Yeah. Uh, maybe I went with my family. Okay. Um, so I'm with you on all of those places. One um, thing, though, I will say about Schönbrunn, which I've heard, they have every hour on the hour, they have a class on how they make traditional Viennese apple strudel, apple strudel, mm. and it's only like five or six euros, and you also get to get to have apple strudel. So I would say if you're in Vienna, you, you're going to Schönbrunn anyways. You happen to notice, oh, it's three o'clock. Oh, it's four o'clock. Right. Go to this, check out this uh, strudel class. Shout out to my friend Christina, who has uh, studied abroad with us in Vienna and now lives and works there. And she said that was something we should do. While I was in Vienna last weekend with a buddy of mine, um, we just didn't have the time, mm. you know. But I think it's if you do have the time, that might also be a worthy thing to see. Two museums I'd also recommend, uh, and I think these are actually museums. <laughs> uh, Klaben, which is German for grave. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is kind of creepy, but cool. I think I think you actually oh, mean the... Oh, my God. I think you mean, you mean the... <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go. All those. Yeah. <laughs> just do this one by yourself. <laughs> you, you, I know what you mean. It's not called Graben. It's called the Kaisergruft. Okay. Uh, right? You're talking about the, the, the crypt... Yes. With the coffins of the emperors. Okay, well, on Google, they call it Graben. Graben. Do they really? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Google is, uh, is taking me the wrong way. <sighs> anyway, and another one which is very different than I think a lot of the other museums is the Leopold Mu Museum, because that's like mm -hmm. a more of a modern museum. And I think that's, that's I like it, it's, but it's also very different than, than I think most of the other museums there. Um, okay. I, in addition to museums, though, I would also say uh, churches in itself are, are, are a whole thing. And, the, like, and the, the one you have to see, obviously, is... Stephansdom. Without which, a doubt. Luckily, it's pretty unavoidable because it's mm -hmm. right in the center of the city. Um, another one that I liked, I believe this was the one where you could go to the very top and like look over the whole city. Is that Karlskirche? Yeah, I think so. That yeah, one's yeah. really cool, too. And that one, uh, going up to the top, is uh, kind of unsettling if you don't like heights. But, oh, for uh, sure. It's definitely worth it just to see the view from the top. Oh, definitely. Um, are there any other famous churches that you would recommend? I'm trying to think. 
I mean, there's there's tons of them in Vienna. Um, you have obviously Stephansdom, which if you want to access it, the easiest way is take the U1, the U1, the U2, maybe even also the U3, I think also the U3, to Stephansplatz. And if once you get out, you'll see Stephansdom right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stephansdom, Karlskirche, there's the Votivkirche, which is by Schottentor and Schottenring, which is a, a streetcar stop. And that's a beautiful Gothic-style church. I b- believe it or not, Jared, I think there's over 150 different churches in Vienna. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, that. so there's ton, there's tons to see, but obviously Stefan's Dome is the big one. And if you want a good view of the roof, a tip for all of you listeners out there, it's a little pricey, but if you go to, it's called Kärtnerstraße or Kärtner, uh, Kärtner Street. I almost said Kärtner Street. <laughs> uh, Kärtner Street is there's this really cool bar called Sky Bar. And Sky Bar, you go up to the sixth floor, then you have to walk up a flight of stairs, and you're on the seventh floor, and you have a clear view of the roof of Stephansdom, which is a mm. beautiful roof, the way it's decorated and everything. It's really gorgeous. Oh, that's so, the yeah, place sh- that's right across the street, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Kind of. Like a, it's like, it's kind of like, down the street. Oh, exactly. Okay, exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's funny, though, that uh, like the seventh floor is high enough to like see most of the city in right. a... <laughs> Right. Uh, and what, coming from Philadelphia, I was like, wow, oh, that's for all it sure. takes. <laughs> for sure. I mean, Chicago, you'd have to be right. in the like, 30th floor probably or something crazy like that. that. My mom was on right. the 83rd floor when she worked in uh, Chicago. Oh, there, there you go. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that that's uh, definitely a good spot. And Stephansplatz, I will say it's a little bit pricier and a little more touristy because that's mm-hmm. where people go. My favorite place, and I got to play tour guide last weekend, so I got to kind of – experienced this episode before we recorded it. Do a run through. <laughs> exactly. And I think a great place to go is Schwedenplatz, which you can also get to with the U1, the U4, and maybe also the U3. Maybe just the U1 and the U4. doesn't really matter. It's very... I do also have to say in Vienna, it's very easy to get your way around with the mm-hmm. U-Bahn, with the streetcars, with everything. There are very clear maps and everything is so well thought out. It's very easy to get around. Yep. And I had a, a three-day ticket, and it was 17 euros, so about 20 bucks for three days of public transportation. And you can use it all you want, so it's fantastic. But anyway, Wait, so if you go to... 17 euros? Yeah. Oh, you said that was three bucks. Is 20 bucks for three oh. days. Three oh, days. I think you said yeah. three bucks. No, 20, 20 bucks, about okay. 20 bucks. Okay, okay. And yeah, uh, yeah. So, so anyways, the, the cool thing about Schwedenplatz is it's right on the Danube, which is that beautiful river that flows through Vienna. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a great ice cream spot right there. Um, yep. you, you, can't, you can't miss it. It's absolutely delicious. And the other cool thing about Schwedenplatz is, be, is one, it's right by what they call the Bermuda Triangle, which is also a little pricey, but a great place to go out at night if you're trying to experience uh, Viennese nightlife a little bit. And I would suggest there's a bar called Philosoph, which is really good. Also, there's an Irish pub called Dick Mackey's, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a ton of places to go. If you walk, just walk around the Bermuda Triangle. You could ask anybody in Vienna. They will know exactly what you're talking about, and they can tell you. But the other cool thing about Schwedenplatz is because it's on the Danube, you can walk along the river, and there are bars on the riverbank. So you can go to bars and sit there and order an Ottakringer, which is a traditional uh, beer brewed in Vienna, brewed in the 16th district where I used to live. Shout out to my homies in Ottakring mm-hmm. uh, for brewing that tasty beer. 
And you can enjoy that on the riverbank and just have a great view and an absolutely great time. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was going to bring that up next, actually, is the nightlife. I, I'm a big fan of it. There, uh, you know, Obviously, I don't know if anyone's known this, but I'm not a uh, <laughs> club person. But one of the places in uh, the Bermuda Trot, I believe this is the place, if I'm not mistaken, is the... No, that's not it. But there, yeah, I can't think of what it was called. But there's a lot of cool places there that are both bars and clubs. Um, uh, another, another thing, I'm trying to think of another thing that I want to talk about. Oh, speaking of museums, a big uh, thing that I enjoyed that I think is a cool thing to see if you're into this. Uh, well, let's talk about real quick the music because obviously okay. there's a huge musical scene. You can go to sure. um, both the Staatsoper or the Volksoper, which are the two mm -hmm. big opera houses, which is the state's opera house and the people's opera house is what those mm -hmm. two mean, respectively. And, um, you know, that is for someone on anyone on any, someone on any budget. Now, obviously, you can get a great seat and it'll be a little pricey, but they yep. also have standing room, which could be anywhere from three to five euro. Yep, it's perfect. When I told my friend it was three euros for, for standing room, he could not believe it, which is mm -hmm. great. The only trick and tip I would give all of our listeners out there, if you are trying to get standing room, get there early, especially if it's a very popular opera, it mm -hmm. might be sold out very quickly. And they only have limited standing room. Another cool thing that you can do in Vienna that we did during our time there in both our cultural class and our music class um, is that there are you can see a lot of composers apartments oh for and so sure it's a very uh i loved it i thought that was a very cool part of the uh of the experience is seeing how these people lived i don't know for some reason i think just because we're so used to like famous musicians now you expect it to be some like extravagant place they live right. in apartments that are you know less impressive tiny. than ours <laughs> yeah and i would say in terms of the composers houses to visit I would say uh, the the Schubert House, which I believe is in the Eighth District, is well mm. worth a visit. Sadly, I don't think you went to that one because that was the semester I was there without you. But okay. that one is well. So next time you go, Jared, check out the Schubert House. It's fantastic. Uh, Beethoven House and the mm -hmm. Beethoven House in Heiligenstadt. Yeah, which is all the way at the end of the U-Bahn. Mm -hmm. um, but that's fantastic. If you do uh, that, or you, mm -hmm. not, if I'm not mistaken, if you go to that one, you're also pretty close to the um, wine area, aren't you? Yes, yes. So, and the, uh, the wine areas in Vienna, exactly. And they call them Heurigen. Mm -hmm. So if you ask an Austrian, where are the Heurigen? Uh, Heiligenstadt is one place you can go. Um, there were some out by my district in the 16th district, I believe, as well. You can Google Heurigen and you can find some. We did not really go to a lot of those places um, just because I don't think you and I are huge wine connoisseurs. But if you are a wine connoisseur, I'm sure you can find a lot of great places to enjoy some great wine. Yes. Um, Mozart, the Mozart House, which is, uh, you can find it at Blutgasse, which is fantastic. And the last place I went that's not a composer house, but related to composers and the music in Vienna, which was the heart of classical music for a long, long time in, in Europe, mm -hmm. is uh, it's called Haus der Musik or the House of Music. And that is in the first district. And I think tickets are about uh, $12 to $20. They're a little pricey, but it's well worth it. There's like four floors. And they also have a lot of great artifacts from composers that lived in Vienna. So Beethoven, Mozart, Haydn, Schubert, Mahler, Schoenberg. There are, the list goes on and on. So mm -hmm. if you love classical music, Vienna is definitely a must go-to city on your list. Now, I've heard you talk about districts. Mm 
Could you mm-hmm. give a quick breakdown of what how the districts work and what that means? So that well, the districts are basically neighborhoods or areas within the city. The first district is the historic district. And I would say if you have a limited amount of time in Austria or in Vienna, really, uh, you need to go to the first district because that's where the Hofburg is. That's where a lot of museums are. That's where Stefan's Dome is. Basically, anything that is your typical tourist must-see places, you can get away with the first district. Obviously, there are great tourist places to see outside of the first district, but you want to go around the Ring Street or Ringstrasse in German, and that's where you'll find a lot of great sites. Mm-hmm. And there's even a tram called the Ring Tram that will take you. It's a yellow tram. Usually, the trams in Vienna are red. This one is yellow, and it will take you all around all around the ring and you can see all the beautiful sights to see. Um, and then the more residential districts are basically really, I would say anywhere from eight, maybe even six, the sixth district up tend to be more residential. There might not be a ton of amazing sights to see, but if you want to get a, get the vibe of residential life in Vienna, you could go there. I lived in the 16th district. You lived in what? The, I think the fourth Yes. Right? Yes. And the 4th District is a great district. Uh, that's yes. where they have the Noshmarkt uh, or the, the, the Nash Market, which is where you can get a lot of amazing food. And I walked, I actually stayed near the Noshmarkt last time I was there uh, last weekend. And what's crazy is you walk through and people are always, are always talking to you, oh, hey, try this, try that. Yes. You could literally... Have, have your meal. lunch. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At the Noshmarkt. And it's, at the end of the Noshmarkt, sorry to cut you off, Jared. At uh-huh, the end of ahead. the Noshmarkt is the uh, Viennese Secession Building, which mm-hmm. has a beautiful golden kind of dome at the top. And this is where the kind of new Viennese School of Art um, met. And it's a very important place in terms of Viennese art. You did make a good point, though. Is Oh, and also I wanted to make one thing. The districts are easy to understand, too, because it, they kind of go in a circle. Yep. So one is the middle, and then it goes two, three, and it kind of goes out. It's like a wide, spiral. Like farther, yeah, a spiral going farther out of the city. So you kind of know, like if you happen to be in the 21st district, you're like, huh, I think I might have gone the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you're right. When you do go to Nashmark, they are very uh, outgoing. A lot of people, not yelling at you, but like offering you stuff and trying to get you to try their stuff. But I would think that that also gives you a... A false sense of the people in Vienna. They're, they're, I'm not going to say they're standoffish, but they they're are a little more reserved. They're they're not uh, as outgoing as some of our American listeners might be used to. Sure. And they're very um, they're very uh, aware of noises, like uh, especially when you're in certain confined spaces, whether it be the U-Bahn or the uh, or, re- or that's the subway or the re- or restaurants or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely more of a reserved place. And I think that just for your own um, awareness, that's definitely something to be aware of is that oh, uh, for sure. your, your, your levels, your volume. <laughs> right. Oh, definitely. And now, Jared, um, let's go on to some budget tips along with the must-see attractions. And then let's get into the nightlife. And frankly, okay. we could have an entire episode about Viennese nightlife. But I would say the budget tips, at least what I did, um, was we did a lot of just basic sightseeing. You buy your U-Bahn or your public transportation pass, 17 euros, around $20 for three days. Mm-hmm. And then we went to, of course, Schönbrunn, which is a must-see. If you don't go inside, it's completely free. Uh, we went to the Noshmarkt and walked around the, the market there. That was also free unless you buy any food or, or any other souvenirs. 
We also went to, walked around the first district, Stephansdom, Karlsplatz, uh, I guess Karlsdom Karls Square. is free as well also. Yep. You can just yep. Walk and in. that's free to enter. Karlskirche is not free. The, mm-hmm. the church at Karlsplatz, I think you pay two or three euros to enter. Um, I think it's well worth it, but it's, it's a pretty place. And then if you go to the Belvedere just to see the castle and walk around the gardens, that's free. If you do want to go see the art, which I highly suggest, and I went when I was there, um, it's 16 euros. If you're a student, I think it's maybe 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's 16, which is not bad. For all the art you can see, it's a good price. And I would say it's worth it. Frankly, I would budget, if you're there in Vienna for three days, if we're not counting accommodation, just food and sightseeing, I would I would say for three days, you would probably be all right with about 200 to 300 US dollars um, if you're eating out at a nice restaurant. If you're just getting cheap street food, I would say you could probably even squeak by with 150 to 200 US dollars for three days. Chad and Jared sent you. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing. In Vienna, there's a lot of great restaurants. They can be expensive, but you can also get very good quality street food. Yeah. And one thing that I would tell all of our listeners to try while you're there, go to the opera house, walk behind it, and there's a very famous, they call them in in, uh, Austrian German, uh, Würstelstand, which is like a sausage cart or sausage stand. And I would suggest getting the Kreiner, which is like a cheese-filled sausage. Get that with a piece of dark bread and mustard, and you're good to go. It's mm. absolutely delicious. Yes. That's That's right. <laughs> um, some other budget tips for Vienna, as we've already mentioned. Um, go to a concert and go to get standing room. It's mm-hmm. only three to five euros. It's a really good price. Um, I would also say another budget tip as well is um, avoid a lot of the very touristy concerts. There are touristy concerts that you'll see these guys walking around in goofy Mozart costumes. Jared knows exactly what I'm talking Mm. about. (laughs) And these are concerts you want to avoid. Why would you go to these touristy concerts when you can go to a concert with the Viennese Philharmonic or the State Opera House, where these are trained professionals that the Viennese people go see on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for so cheap. Um, and then the other budget tip I would I would give a lot of our listeners out there too is if you go shopping, avoid a lot of the things in the first district because they can be kind of pricey. Yes, the first district is a great place to walk around and see stuff. But as far as, well, maybe not eating, but as far as like doing, like buying stuff there, it's like a typical, any typical tourist center. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, you walk past Chefan's Dome at, you know, at, at a certain time. And you could barely walk through there. Like it's, oh, it's definitely. it can get very packed. And I think that that's just a tip that we'll have for every travel tips ep- episode is that avoid doing any sort of excessive shopping or paying for things in the center because that's right. It's set up to to attract the tourists and it's set up to you know get money from the tourists. When I was, I told you about when I was there, and me and uh, Nolan, uh, my roommates, when I lived there. When occasionally, you know, we'd see those people dressed up in those goofy costumes in front of the Staatsoper, and we right. would just—all you have to do is just look up at it, and they run at you. <laughs> like yep. you just have to even yep. slightly look like a tourist. Right. And so uh, the tip to get them to leave you alone is—I mean, this is hard because you're going to want to look at it. But once you've looked at it once, just walk past it, and they—and yeah. like really, uh, that's like it was that easy. Is just you just look up, and the next thing you know, someone's oh, handing you. Oh, uh, they—they—they they know when you're a tourist. I would also say if you just say nine danke. 
Like when yeah. I speak German with them, they back off. Yeah. But if I speak English, oh no, thanks. They're like, oh well, this is Come a great con- like yeah. <laughs> so if you say nine danke, like that might go lo- further than you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a couple other budget tips, kind of paired with must see attractions. Check out the Hundertwasser House, which is beautiful. Um, really, I mean, if you're into architecture and want to get a good vibe of the city, um, go to Hundertwasser House. And another great place to walk around if you're there on a sunny day is go to what they call Stadtpark, which you can get there with the U4 uh, U-Bahn line. Or if you're on the ring, you can walk. It's very, very close. Mm. It's beautiful. They have all these wonderful sculptures and statues of famous composers. They have like a little canal right there. If you cross the bridge, there's a little place where you can see people playing like soccer or football for our international listeners out there. Is that where we and hung up? That's where we hung up before the uh, the concert that our study yep. abroad program. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Stadtpark. It's mm-hmm. really nice. It's a great place to walk around. So those are a few budget tips. I think we've covered a, a decent portion of the must-see attractions. Obviously, there are yeah. plenty more. But just to recap for all of our listeners, Schönbrunn is obviously up there. Uh, Stefan's Dome, uh, the Hofburg Palace is great, and there's museums within the palace which are worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturhistorisches, Kunsthistorisches, the uh, collection of music instruments. There are so many great must attractions, and many of them are within the first district. So if you're crunch for time, check out the first district. There's one more thing I'd like to recommend. It's not in the first district. It's kind of out of the way, but the Plata is cool. Oh, and the it's, Prada it's is like great. A, it's like a, not an amusement park, really. I mean, it kind of is. It is an amusement park. Oh, it is? Okay. It is, yeah. But it's like an outdoor sort of, and it's just a fun place to hang out at. And it is, for, like, it is an amusement park, but it's free to walk it's in. It's free to walk, walk around. through it. And there's uh, plenty to see and plenty of, and I think it's fun if you have kids, too. Oh, for sure. And for sure. Great tip. If you're not trying to constantly do, like, a, if you're trying to get a, a break from the overculturedness of uh, of, right. of uh, Vienna. Right. If you want to relax and have a little fun, and if you go to the Prater, you have to take what they call the Riesenrad or the Ferris wheel. And there mm. are these old, red, kind of boxy-looking things that will take you up. And the cool thing is if you take the Ferris wheel, you can they have, like, little marks on the window of what you see where in the distance, which is really oh, cool. cool. I've never, I've never yeah. done that before. I usually try to avoid Ferris wheels if I can. Sure. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So those are a few musty attractions, <laughs> and to get to the Prater, you need to take the the U one to what they call Prater Stern, and then you're there in a are heartbeat. You just it's this absolutely off great. Out of the top of your head. I am. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah. I know my way around. I have to say, Jerry, this feels so liberating not having tons of tabs open. I'm going mm-hmm. straight from the heart and straight from the brain <laughs> for this episode. So yeah. So there you go. All right, Jared. Let's move on to nightlife. So we've uh-huh. mentioned the Bermuda Triangle in Vienna, which is great. I will suggest one other place in terms of nightlife, which they call it the Gürtel, which means belt. And mm-hmm. this is the, the the outer districts. It connects kind of the outer districts with the inner districts. And it's a it's a great place to go. There are tons and tons. If you just Google Vienna Gürtel nightlife, you'll find tons of different bars and clubs. One of the most famous for students that we went to, we have a couple of stories from this place, is called Loco. Uh, if you go oh, on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesdays, they have student night. It's a lot of fun. Uh, met one of my first Austrian ladies there. Good times, good memories. So check out um, the Gürtel. Another place that I really love is called Travel Shack, and I believe it's owned by Aussies. Okay. And uh, Travel Sounds Shack funny. is cool because it's like a like a shot bar. They have like funny different kinds of shots. 
And there are just a ton of different international people there. It's always a lot of fun. So I would also suggest Travel Shack. Um, Travel Shack Loco is interesting if you're younger and you're a student. Um, Passage, which is actually not in the girdle, but it's in the first district. It's a little pricey, a little more classy, but it's a nice place. And one last place I would suggest that's also pricey, but a great time is it's called Volksgarten, which is also on the ring right by the Hofburg. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, I was struggling to think of what to watch out for in Vienna, <laughs> besides for those people in the Mozart. Yeah, the Mozart costumes <laughs> you have to watch out for, but they're not—they're harmless though. Like, right? I mean, right. it's, it's, you don't really have to watch out for them. I would say Vienna is an incredibly safe place, and every time I go there, I'm reminded of how safe and secure it is. Yeah, I would say the only things to really watch out for are being overcharged for something, like paying mm. way too much for something in a very touristy area. Um, the yeah, Jehovah's and the, Witnesses and the Mozart and, guys. Well, and the uh, U-Bahn station. <laughs> right. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses in the U-Bahn station. <laughs> Otherwise, there's not really too much to watch out for. So I right. think let's move on to where to stay. And I personally prefer, if you're going to stay in Vienna, I would not stay in the first district because you're going to pay uh, an arm and a leg for mm-hmm. accommodation. I would suggest the second, third, fourth, or fifth district. I've stayed mm-hmm. in the second district and the fourth district. And because the public transit is so great there, it's very, very easy um, to get around. And I stayed in the 4th District when I lived there. I mean, I don't have as much uh, experience on where to stay when you're on vacation, obviously. But the 4th District was great because it was just outside enough where you felt like you had some some peace and quiet and you weren't just constantly bombarded with, with the city. Yet it took me 20, 15 to 20 minutes to get to say Stefan's Dome, for example, right. which and isn't it's very bad. accessible, and there's a lot. And for example, if you're there for a week and you don't want to constantly go out and do stuff and get crazy or whatever every night, there's a lot to do within the uh, fourth and third as well, for that matter. And oh, definitely. Fifth. I, I don't know as much about the fifth, right. but I but there's still a lot to do in those areas too, and there's a and not a lot to see as far as being a tourist. But right. If you want to find good food or like a great bar or something, there's mm-hmm. plenty of those. Right. And I guess the last thing, too, we haven't mentioned places to eat, um, mm-hmm. which we'll do that very quickly. Um, so, so yeah, I would say, though, also, yeah, stay in the fourth district, the, the third or the second. The second can be pricey. The fourth is great, though. You're usually, depending on where you are in the fourth district, you're close to the Noshmarkt, which is yes. great. You can also get really fresh food and make your own stuff if you're staying in an Airbnb, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of my favorite places to eat in Vienna it's called Sieben Sternbräu, a seven-star brewery, and they have amazing food, amazing beer. The prices are great. Um, so check out Sieben Sternbräu. That's by um, the Margaretengürtel, uh, or no, sorry, it's by uh, Maria Hilfestraße, which is also a very, very big shopping street. So if you want to do some shopping, this is a little bit further out, and it's not in the first district, but there are tons and tons of stores and different places at Maria Hilfestraße. And then you find, um, I forget the name of the church now, but you turn left on the street with this beautiful white church, and you walk down there, and then you'll find Sieben Sterngasse, which uh, should be the street where you can find this brewery. And the other place that I would suggest, if you want good schnitzel, obviously everyone will tell you Fiegelmüller, which is the most touristy schnitzel place. <laughs> yeah, it's good. To me, it's too touristy. I prefer a place the called Schnitzelwirt. Exactly. So I would go to Schnitzelwirt or another place that we were suggested was called Mama's Kitchen, 
which I thought the oh, schnitzel yeah. there was really, really good. The place that I went to, which is a little pricier, uh, but I've been there twice, Gasthaus Plachuta, P-L-A-C-H-U-T-T-A, mm-hmm. is uh, great. It is pricier, but um, if you're not going to have to deal with – it's not a touristy place, so you're not going right. to have to deal with uh, – what do you call that place? Fiegelmüller? Fiegelmüller, yeah. Yeah, because that place I'm sure is great, but I've never not heard about the line being like, or the wait being like an hour plus at the, oh, at the minimum. If you don't have a reservation, absolutely. Right. If you don't right. have, a, have a reservation, just, just don't, don't bother. Go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and there's also usually a l- long line by the uh, little hot dog or sausage stand by the Staatsoper. But we, my friend and I waited in the line. It looked pretty long. It took like 10 minutes. Yeah, it they, they get you out pretty quick. And that's another place you should definitely go to try as and well. Vienna is also filled with great Italian restaurants too. Oh, for sure. So even if you're, if you're kind of getting sick of kartoffelsalat uh, and schnitzel, uh, mm. you can't go wrong with Italian food there as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So to wrap things up, uh, we would suggest, or at least I would suggest that you stay at least a minimum of three days. If you go mm-hmm. for two days, I would say check out the first district, check out uh, Schönbrunn, check out the Naschmarkt. Belvedere. And Bel- Belvedere as well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And you probably have seen a lot of great sites. I would say three to four days ideally, just because there's so many sites, especially if you are into museums, there's so many great museums in Vienna mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of amazing food as well. So check that out. Um, so minimum of two, I would say ideally four days. If you really have the time, spend a week there. You will not run out of things to do or things to see. Yeah. It's such an amazing city. I always get kind of sad when I go there because I realize I'm not living there anymore. Um, <laughs> because there's just so many cool things about Vienna. It's really awesome. Yeah, so I so check it. it out. Me too. Um, and I, you you know, I was there. there last week, but I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. You know, It's a great city. So check out Vienna. Let us know what you thought about this episode and our travel tips for Vienna. If you have any other questions, we are happy to give you additional tips for mm-hmm. Vienna. Also for you Prague, betcha. if you uh, were listening to our last episode. And to, to reach us, you can find us at uh, on Twitter, uh, Untranslatable1. Also, shoot us an email, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Check out our website, untranslatablepodcast.com for our episodes on translatables and a lot of other great stuff. And if you're curious about what Vienna looks like, check out our Instagram. It will always be popping Untranslatable mm-hmm. podcasts. And uh, yeah, let us know if there's anything we can help you with or any questions you have about the amazing city of Vienna, Austria. It is such a worthwhile trip to go there. So we hope you have the time uh, and the energy to check out all of the beautiful things that Vienna has to offer and let us know. And uh, as they say in Austria, Servus und Papa. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Dziękujemy. Uh, muchas gracias. <laughs>